If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. I want others to recreate it. I want them to remix it to come up with better iterations because that's the maker mindset, right? Part of it is the sharing. To be a maker is to share your knowledge, learn, build, share, and then go through that cycle again. And freelance technologist and educator Mitchell Malpartita is all about sharing the magic. Mitchell is the founder of Masterful Creation STEAM Academy, which focuses on storytelling while promoting science, technology, engineering, art, and math. And he's also a dad who says his three daughters and young son have inspired him to create cool things to share with the next generation of makers. As Halloween approaches, Mitchell and his family are having a lot of fun mixing art and science to come up with some scary fun creations. Mitchell, as a maker and a technologist, how did you first come to realize the value of storytelling in the process of creating cool things? I think, you know, looking back at my childhood and, you know, you kind of have that vision of like those memories of play and coming up with these stories, whether it's an action adventure story or based on a movie you just saw or sci-fi or anything like that. Like those kind of things, those stories drove me to create my own stories and using whatever was around, right? And so you would buy cardboard boxes, wood, you know, hammer and nails and just putting things together and then kind of reenacting these stories. And then, you know, going through school and, you know, then college and then career, I was sort of like, I dropped all of that, really. And it was just focused on, you know, just that straight path, right? So it's just school, business, and that's it, right? And there was really nothing else there. And then when I had my first daughter, she's 10 now, so I was trying to think of, like, you know, how can I ensure that she maintains that creativity, that storytelling, all the fun stuff that we start out, and everyone starts out with as kids, and then some of us lose that, you know, as we get older. And so that's kind of what got me back into making and storytelling and I've realized that storytelling is, is like our ancient form of communication and passing on knowledge, right? Knowledge experiences. And I wanna be sure that the next generation, so not only my kids but other kids, are able to, to do the same through technology because that's just part of our everyday life now, right? And so it's it's to not be intimidated by the technology that's available out there to learn it, embrace it, but keep that storytelling alive. And, you know, and we see that now with a lot of schools are including arts, the arts in their STEM program. So now it's STEAM, right? And it's a very important thing to note because it's through the arts where we can develop some of these technical skills, right? And maintain that creativity to be applied to our sciences and technology and engineering. With that in mind, let's look at some of the ways you are developing these technical skills right now through some Halloween projects. You have, if I'm counting right, at least three really cool projects in the works. Yeah, I have three big ones. So this year, is uh, I'm a bit ambitious. So I've always been fascinated by dioramas. 
you know, you go to the museum and you see like these really detailed dioramas of, of nature or scenes or like historical events. And fascinating. And then the people that do dioramas on their own time and they'll do these like really awesome scenes and fantasy and, and modern and it's just this year I was just like, you know what? Let me take a stab at it, right? And let me look at what's out there right now. And I found a product called from Lemax and they sell this at Michaels and this is like Halloween Halloween themes like figurines and houses and animatronic stuff and and so I bought a few and I showed the kids and the kids loved it. And we we created a scene, right? So they were actively participating in telling our story, right? What would be our story? And to tell the story is really just simply like how we're positioning our characters and what are we trying to tell with it. And they really got into it. So I started getting more. And then I had the idea. I was like, oh, well, you know what would be cool? I said, I wonder if, if I can go on, you know, go online and see if I can find some cool 3D models to print out that I could add to our spooky town, right? And just like, what can we do? And Stranger Things, which is like going into the fourth season now, so like that was something I was like, oh, they have some cool cool stuff there, right? It's like scary. And I was like, all right, let me see if I can find that. And uh, fortunately, with all the talented people out there contributing and sharing their 3D models, I found a few that I downloaded I manipulated some, and then I scaled them to the size of the characters that we currently have in our collection, printed them out, and even my 18-month-old son was, like, helping me paint, which was fun. That was a fun experience. And then from there, we were thinking of, like, well, what's the story, right? And then, and the story is that they're coming into this town, right? So they found a way into the town, just like in the series where well, the Demogorgon and the Mind Flayer, like, they're coming into the town and trying to take it over or come into our world. And so that was that was the overall theme of, of this year is stranger things and coming into our world. And from that, so one project that is now what I'm working on is creating my own sort of animated musical set piece to the scale of what you find in the Lemax collection. But what the twist is, is I'm mixing in the popular song that my kids like from Just Dance, which is a video game where you're dancing to these songs and, and it's recording. But one song in particular is called like Raven the Grave and it had like these monsters dancing. And so I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I had those monsters, if I could recreate that, dancing to that song, but in this small diorama, an animated diorama. And I was like, okay, cool. So I'm going to prototype that. And so I started prototyping it, and I said, well, how can I make it more interesting? And then going over with the kids and saying, hey, does this work? So if it works for them, it's going to work for everybody, right? So that's how I look at it. And the addition to that is that it helps them see that I'm just doing stuff that, that's out of my comfort zone, right? I'm just trying it. And then they want to try it. And so then they have their ideas. And so it's like a, it's an iterative process. And so that is one project that I'm working on. And I haven't decided on the electronics components yet, but, you know, it's going to be great. And I do quick prototypes with little bits. I think I showed you that last time. But, yes, the little bits are like little snap circuits, and they allow you to just quickly come up with an idea. You snap some circuits together and say, hey, is this going to work or not? And there's other products like that, but I use little bits a lot for just those getting those ideas out. And then a bigger project, or actually one of the bigger projects is I want to scare the kids 
from a trick-or-treater, basically. And staying in the theme of Stranger Things, I'm going to try and build the Season 3 monster. I don't even know what it was called, but it's like a big monster, like Blobbis monster. I'm going to try and build that in the archway, like right in front of my door, so that when the kids come, it'll be like this huge animatronic that will scare them. And maybe I'll get the candy. I'll get their candy. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. <laughs> yeah. And so for that, things like that, I'm like looking at it like, okay, well, how would I go about that? And and that's the same thing that I try and teach children. It's like when you have an idea, a great idea, how do you go about it? How would you go about it? What do you have available to help, right? And one of the things that intimidates people is just like, oh, I don't have I'm not an engineer. I don't have animatronics experience. I don't know how this works. I don't know how would I build the structure. And it's breaking it down into its basic components, right? It's like, okay, well, I need something big. It can't be too heavy. And so I've used PVC pipe before for smaller projects. And I was like, oh, well, PVC pipe would work, right? And then, and because of the way that monster is, it looks a little slimy. It, there's not, it's not really uniform. So I can get away with using, like, latex foam and stuff like that and and just you know and and just kind of build up from there but the base structure would be with pbc so like that's a huge one i haven't um i'm going to be doing some posts some social media posts soon with that project and then the last project it's not related to stranger things but it is something cultural which is the dia de los muertos right day of the dead the mexican which actually happens right after halloween so that one I found one of the companies that I was working for, they were throwing out, like, the foam that comes with the TV, you know, like the packaging foam. And it's like a huge, huge packaging foam thing. And I was like, hey, that looks like a skull. It's like, and it's big. And I was like, oh, that looks like a skull. Maybe that would be a great sugar skull, right, kind of decoration, right? And I can light it up. I can, I can do really interesting things with it. And I'm actually visiting a school in a couple of weeks to do a sugar skull exercise, and not only just for the decorating part, but to understand the chemical reactions for making the sugar skull, like why we add meringue powder to the sugar to harden it, and why, you know, creating royal icing, which, again, because it's almost like a concrete type of thing, and that's how we use to find the decoration. So it's not only fun... Not only they get some experience in the cultural aspect of it, of where it comes from, but also the science, the science of it, and how amazing that people figured this out at some point, right? <laughs> and, you know, historically, they figured it out. And so that's, that's amazing stuff for me, and I want to share that. And my kids are very involved in this particular project because, you know, they have their opinions of how the skull should look. But, yeah, so that's the third the third big project and, you know, trying to keep it where I'm using materials that are easily available because I want, I want others to recreate it. I want them to remix it, to come up with, you know, better iterations because that's the maker mindset, right? Part of it is is sharing. To be a maker is to share your knowledge, learn, build, share, and then go through that cycle again, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants, which is, you know, your community and, and other makers. Before we go on here, let's give the links where people can see Spooky Town, where they'll be able to see your sugar skull, and I believe that's a mausoleum that you're making. Where can they see all of these? So, yeah, I'll be posting everything on the website, masterfulcreations.com, and I'll have a section there for 
for these type of projects as well as any upcoming events that I'll be participating in. Once again, that website is masterfulcreations.com. When you say get beyond your comfort zone, if somebody's going to animate something, I remember little bits would light things up, but how are you animating or are you also using little bits to animate? Well, for prototyping, it's really quick to use little bits in the servo components. So the servos are the key to animating a lot of these little projects. And, you know, it's movement, right? And so the servo moves a particular direction for a certain number of degrees, etc. And that can all be controlled. And you can control it manually or you can control it programmatically. And so that's the great thing about it, that I could test something without programming. I can just quickly test something, an idea, and say, oh, how's this going to move? Is this suitable for the movement? And then match the servo to, or the size of the servo to the set pieces, right? And because everything is supposed to be small, little bits might be too big in the end to house all the components, but it would just be a matter of finding or sourcing smaller components, but they're essentially the same. And I can run it off an Arduino, for example. I love how you're getting your daughters involved and even your little son painting so that nobody's ever scared of math or science or anything of that nature. What's been one of your proudest moments with one of your daughters when you could have her do something and realized, hey, I got this. I can do coding, math, or science. Oh, yeah. No, there was this great project that we did. So, you know, like... um Schools have this project called Soda Bottle Project of a historical figure. So basically they get like a two-liter empty soda bottle, and based on a historical figure they choose, they decorate it and make it look like that character, and then they do like a little presentation about the research that they've done on that character. And so my daughter, because she's, <laughs> she's been growing up with all this stuff around her, she said she had the idea she wanted to try and do animatronic, right? And I was just like, okay, let's see. How can we how can we do that? And she had the idea, and we both sketched ideas. So it was sort of, uh, I don't want to say it was like competitive, but I was like, hey, how about this? And then she's like, no, how about this? And so, you know, she had her own perspective. But the main point is like, she was just, she dove right into it, right? So I sketched and she sketched. I never introduced her to that idea or that concept of sketching out her plans beforehand, it might be one of those situations where you, you dive head first, you fail, and then it's an utter failure and you don't feel motivated anymore. And whereas the sketching of the idea, you know, helps you identify possible issues, you know, and workarounds that you would probably need to do. We were also watching videos on the character and to get ideas as to what the character would need to do or need to say. So she wrote the script. She picked Ada Lovelace, which was a surprise. And we asked her why, and she said, because, you know, it's a woman and a famous woman in programming. And I was like, wow, that's, that was pretty amazing, because that was there's definitely no influence from us, like, saying, hey, this is the character you're going to pick. She just told us what she wanted, and I was just, I was just amazed and happy about that. And so to build the character, from those sketches, we went to arts and crafts store, Michael's, I believe, or Hobby Lobby, I forgot which one. But we went there, she had a little list, like, okay, I want her dress to look like this, and here's the color, here's the material that I think I want, and she, you know, we bought her that stuff. And then for the head, we tried to keep it simple, and I was showing her how to mold thermoplastic, like from in a bowl, and just keep a simple, sort of like roundish kind of thing. And 
and then we had we cut holes out of that space for ping pong balls to act as the eye. And then the mouth movement is controlled by just one servo, and that's that what controls the mouth movement. And that one was all wired up and animated with a little bit. So it's funny we came back to a little bit, but it was a little bit, and it was it required no programming for that. It was just a matter of understanding that the sound that we're going to record for the voice and how to translate that sound into electrical pulses so that the servo would respond to those peaks and valleys of the, the sound, right, coming from the, the recording. And so that's why we don't have to worry about the timing so much because the sound is pretty much guiding us. So that worked out really well. She painted it. We did the hair out of craft foam. My wife showed her a technique and, you know, how to make it look like, look like hair and curling the craft foam. And, and it was great. And we captured most of it and I put it into a video online. And she was proud of herself and she had to present it and everyone loved it and she loved it. And she even went the extra, extra mile and it was like trying to match what she thought accent would be, like an English accent for, for Ada Lovelace in the script. And so that was, that was a very, very proud moment for us. I'd encourage people listening to check this out on your YouTube channel because it's amazing. What impresses me about that is she's 10 years old. That's not a simple project. How long did it take? I think the planning took the longest, really, because we had our sketches and then we colored our sketches so that we could figure out like what colors she wanted. And, and I'm looking at pictures online of Ada Lovelace and what she wore and it was like a purple dress that my daughter really liked. And so the planning and then figuring out the materials was the, I guess that's actually the most challenging part is getting that sorted out. And it took about, it took about a week or two, not every day during the week, but just in the overall time frame and just kind of squeezing in time, especially on the weekends to, to get this all together. The, the servo control from the little bit from the MP3 player wasn't so difficult because I'd shown her how to do that in my other projects. And in fact, that was actually like one of the first projects she'd seen when she was like five years old when I brought little bits to her kindergarten class. And so she was the one that inspired me. And now she's inspiring me (laughs) to continue to build and to make to inspire others. I'd love to have you give me a shameless plug of how people can get involved with what you're doing at your Masterful Creation STEAM Academy. You're in Nevada right now. And how do they contact you and what happens for them when they do? Sure, they can reach us through the website, masterfulcreations.com, or email info at masterfulcreations.com. Like I said earlier, there'll be events and projects posted, as well as instructions. And... That's the main. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, it's M Malpertita, so Mitchell Malpertita. And also, I've started another account that it will be specifically for Masterful Creation Steam Academy, and that's MC Steam Academy for the Instagram and Twitter handle. Mitchell shared the story of Masterful Creation Steam Academy. When we last spoke, I was still working full time. I was working full-time in an advertising agency, and I was using my available PTO time to visit the schools and do these, you know, these events and such. And since then, I incorporated, we've moved to Nevada now and sort of, you know, continuing to grow it. I'm still working full-time in a programming capacity and consulting capacity. 
and at the same time making these arrangements and creating these projects and you know having my kids involved so it's you know we're growing this slowly slowly but surely one of the big things that we're going to do next is to try and you know raise funds to open up a makerspace and again the focus being on storytelling and and it wouldn't be just for kids it would also be for adults there'll be adult classes and workshops and because really steam steam applies to everybody you're never too old to to learn new things and to explore your own creativity and to tell your story right that's really the goal how exciting how can people best support you as you continue and as you look at funding your makerspace well if you follow me on social media i'll be making posts related to that as well as on the website i might even you know with one of the product ideas that I have, I might even run a Kickstarter for that to see it come to life. So, yeah, all the information will be there. What would you consider, as a lifelong learner, one of the most important things you've learned in teaching children how to create all this cool stuff? Mainly that, and I think others have said this too, but it's the acceptance of an idea not working out. I think that is the hardest thing. We all want our first idea to work right out the gate. <laughs> that's, just, that's just a natural thing. And when it doesn't happen, how we react and how we deal with it, that's, that, is the, that is the dividing line, right? And so the main thing is to understand that your idea or your first idea, it might not work, and you might need to understand how to pivot, right, and change your idea and, and you know, refactor some stuff and then try again and try it a different way. And share, share with others, you know, the problems that you're facing or the challenges you're facing to get other perspectives, right? And that's something that, that I've noticed that, you know, the children, they go straight forward towards an idea and it doesn't work. Sometimes they have a complete breakdown and then they, they're unmotivated and they don't want to do it anymore. But it's to, to get them back on, to understand that this happens to everyone. And so even the great science of the world didn't succeed on their first try. And so they have to try, try again. You know, that's that old saying, right? You just got to keep trying. What's the time when either you or one of your children tried something and it didn't work, so you had to pivot? I think there's a couple. I think one of the early prototypes for the, the Ada Lovelace when we were doing the, the head, the mouth movement, it was too, I think it was too big. <laughs> we went too big and it looked like this huge, like, bobblehead kind of thing. And it's like, oh, this is... It's not working out. It's going to freak out kids more than anything else. And so that was just like, you know, it's a minor thing, but you have to do it to know it, right? You, so you can't always plan everything. The results of everything, you can't plan on those results. You have to see the results and then learn from that and then, you know, like I said, readjust and go on again. But, yeah, there's, I've had tons of failures where I had to pivot, and a lot of it is just like on, like I mentioned earlier about materials. Like, you know, I want to build something with aluminum, but... Does that really make sense? Is it going to be too heavy? Is it going to be too expensive, right? Can I get the same thing done with cheaper materials or easier to, to get materials? And, and that's the learning lesson. And once you do that a, you know, several times, you start to build up this sort of mental toolbox of like when you're facing a challenge, you go through that mental toolbox and you're able to pick out the most effective tools to accomplish that task. What a great maker lesson for anybody listening. We've talked all about Halloween and what you're making for scary stuff, but what's next? Once November 1st gets here, what will be some of your creative projects? So some of the new things that I've been slowly developing are in the realm of 
augmented reality and trying to reach more people to motivate them and to build and understand that, you know, it's totally cool thing to have your own ideas and have your own stories and try and and make those stories come to life through any means necessary, right? So this is through writing, through art, through technology, and that's one of the, I guess, the founding principles of Massive Creation Steam Academy is just to, you know, encourage that storytelling aspect, but tied into the principles of STEAM, right? So include science, include technology, engineering, arts, especially arts, right? And math, of course. So that's that's what I would say. What if my audience of mostly teachers and makers want to say, how do I get in touch with Mitchell? Is he available to teach a class at my school? Yeah, so we were in California. Now we are in Nevada now. So if you reach out to me at info at masterfulcreations.com, we can talk about what possible class visits can get scheduled. Info at masterfulcreations.com. Yes. You've given me about three excellent answers to this question already, but I usually like to end my podcast with a signature question. In addition to pivoting, in addition to knowing that you're going to make mistakes, if people could only get one thing from you about innovation, creativity, and making a difference, what would you like them to take away? I would like them to take away that the story they want to tell is probably more important than the the materials that go into it, right? It's, it doesn't matter if it's high-tech or low-tech. It matters what the story is. What is their story? That is the most important thing to take away. Mitchell, thank you for your time today. Thank you so much, Dot. It's always a pleasure. You and I have been listening to freelance technologist, educator, and Masterful Creation STEAM Academy founder, Mitchell Malpartita. You can see all the fun, spooky projects he and his family have been creating on MasterfulCreations.com. That's MasterfulCreations.com. As Mitchell mentioned, you'll also find some of the instructions for the projects, along with information on upcoming events. And you can follow Mitchell on social media. On Instagram, it's mmalpartida, M-A-L-P-A-R-T-I-D-A. Or on Instagram and Twitter, mcsteamacademy. MC, like Masterful Creations, Steam Academy. And finally, if you're in the education field and you'd like to know more about the classes Mitchell's teaching, you can reach him at info at masterfulcreations.com. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X, twomavericks.com. And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.